Episode 199 of the White Cat Outdoors podcast, bring you to the table while we talk about the outdoors. We got episode two of the Deer Camp series for this season, and like Tom predicted, it's him. Tom went out there, like he says, grabbing a gallon of milk at the store. He went out hunting does, and that's about as quick as you could go to the store and get milk. Tom went to the stand and got a doe. So tune into this short episode, hear the whole story. It's a short one, but it's a good one. I'm going to quit rambling. Let's get tuned in to this week's episode. So I did the cardinal sin. I pull up my bow and then I look dead at his antlers. I got out of the truck and when I slammed the door, I heard gobbles all around me. Alaska, moose, spot and sock. That is the bucket list. I agree. What's going on, everybody? Uh, I'm back in the studio with Nick and Tom. It's about time. I know. I've been a bit absent. You missed the first Deer Camp series of the season. I know. I did. And it was a good one, too. It was. um, It was kind of not really your fault because we had to move some things around with the way hunting goes. Yeah. Yeah. You all situated over there, Tommy? I think so. Let's just... Tommy's getting ready for emo night at the bar, so... Yeah, he just put his septum ring in and he's looking sharp. Yeah, for those of you that don't know, I do have a septum ring. Yeah, and okay. it looks great, Thank especially you. with the archery mustache. It's it's a tough look. <laughs> you have to rock that now. I might. We'll see. I, just so everybody can get the visual, since Tom's not drawing you a picture, um, Tom took half of a pop can uh, tab, ripped it up, and is now half a pop can is now his septum ring for the night. So it's looking good. Love it. It hurts. Yeah. Well. That's the way it is, Tom. And uh, no pain. Beauty. No pain. What do they say? Beauty is pain. Yeah, that's what they say. And you're going to be in pain the whole time you're talking tonight because uh, tonight's all about you. You shot a deer, and I think at the beginning of the year we took bets on who was going to be the first of our crew in the deer camp series, and I bet on myself. And we all bet on ourselves. Yeah, I think. No, you bet on Nick. Did I? Yeah. Huh. Hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. Actually, because yeah, I, I can, usually I can do that. Yeah, you get it I, done early. And Tom usually doesn't shoot does, but... I told you guys I am. Yeah, I, but I wasn't around. convinced until you let the arrow fly, so... Yeah. So, Tom, we just got back to hunting camp. You come into camp, you know, w- tell us what happened. What ha- What is what is up with Tom shooting a deer this early? So, it was one of them deals where the whole first week of bow season was rather warm. Very. Like 80. 80 degrees. Yeah, it sucked. So I, I wanted to shoot a doe early, but I wasn't going to do it in 80 degrees. Yeah. I think I hunted opening day just for the sake of hunting opening day. Mm-hmm. And that was it. I didn't go out in the middle of the week just because I'm like, I'm, big bucks aren't going to be up on their feet. The, I don't want to shoot a doe 
because then you have to get it skinned and processed and in the fridge that night. Mm-hmm. Wasn't feeling like doing that. I like to let them hang for a day or two. Yep. So then we went down to Benazette for the first weekend um, and had a good time down there and got back. And I think it was Monday we got that cold front. Yeah. Actually, the cold front came in Sunday. Yeah. So Monday, nice cold day. I'm like, I'm going to go shoot this doe. I'm going to get it out of the way. And I have this one spot, call it Don's Food Plot, and it's basically like the analogy I use is it's it's going to the store to get a gallon of milk. You just you go get your dough and get it over with. Mm-hmm. It's about as close to a slam dunk as it could possibly get. So I work 8 to 5, 5 o'clock I bust out of there, and I don't have any cell cameras at this property but I have cell cameras in New York, which is just an hour away. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're getting same weather conditions. Just just to let you know, um, you haven't even got to the point where you told us about your hunt, and this episode's already longer than your hunt. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> this is true. So, as I'm driving out to the farm, I'm getting cell cam pics from my cameras up in New York. So, I'm like, shit, deer are already moving. And typically, if, I don't know, if deer are moving at one guy's place, they're moving everywhere. Yeah. It's not, it's, I don't know, it's just the same weather patterns got them up on their feet. So I'm like, they're going to be moving out at the farm. So I park and I walk down and I don't want to walk right into my food plot to get to my stand and blow anything out that's already. Well, and you were planning on using your saddle. Yeah. But the deer were already moving, so I'm like, I don't have time to hang a stand. So I'm walking down, and I make a loop around the back edge of the food plot and go to just peek out through the high weeds to see if there's anything out there. And there's this deer feeding with its head down, like, right there, like 15 yards. So I drop down and get an arrow knocked, get my release out of my bag, and stand up and... As I stand up, I can see that it's just a small buck. So I'm like, okay. But I don't want this thing out there feeding because I'm trying to get on stand. Mm -hmm. It's going to be out there for who knows how long. So I start, like, you know, throwing myself towards this deer, like faking him out and whatnot. And he finally takes off and runs away. And he goes into the woods. So I'm like, all right, sweet. Coast is clear. That's a bold strategy. What? Just, like. To blow deer out of the food plot you're going to Well, hunt. you're not just going to sit there. I know, but like it, it's, I'm not saying it's a bad strategy. I'm just saying it's bold. Yeah. Like, well, it was just a little buck. And I, it, when I got out of the truck, I was full camo, had my face mask on. Um, so even when I was standing there, he had no idea what I was. He just yeah. knew it wasn't right. And until I started moving erratically, even that took a little bit of effort. So it wasn't like he picked me out. I, I, I mainly didn't want him seeing me climb up the stand and learn where the stand was at. I'd rather yeah. Yeah. blow him blow out him. and get set up without yeah. him there. Yeah, I just should clarify. I'm not saying it's a bad idea, just it's bold. You know you're in a good spot when you can blow deer out intentionally and still kill like five minutes later. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. So blow him out of the field, then I dip down 
<clears throat> the bottom, I probably shouldn't have did that right into the mic, but hey, it's what it is. Sorry about that. Yeah, you would have done it if they were sitting at the table with us. So. This is true. So I get to the bottom of my stand, and the way this food plot is, is there's a perimeter on the side with my stand of, I don't know, it's probably, what would you say, Nick, seven, eight yards of goldenrod before its uh, actual food plot? Yeah, probably, maybe even 10. So you do have a quite a bit of cover climbing up in your ladder. Yeah, and there's some shrubbery in front of it, so you get about... I'd say about three quarters of the way up the ladder before you're you, exposed. You are, you're exposed. Yeah, it's the ladder is literally like kind of grown into a bunch of stuff. So like you, like I said, you're almost to the platform before you could see the food plot or something in the food plot would see you. Yeah, I get about halfway up this ladder and there's a a pretty decent buck out there. I'm like shit. So it wasn't a buck that I had planned on shooting, and he was right by this bush I have in the middle of the food plot. And luckily, he was working towards the back side of it. So I let him get behind the bush, and I start making my way back up this ladder. I get, like, one more rung, and out comes this doe. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I'm too late. So I'm watching this doe. She's come out, not a care in the world. And I'm like, I'm not – they're going to be out here all night at this point. Like, I'm not going to just stand three-quarters of the way up this ladder. Like, I yeah. I'm either going to spook them trying to get in the stand or I'm going to somehow get on stand without spooking them. Mm-hmm. So You have a 50-50 chance, really. Yeah. So she uh, puts her head down to feed, so I climb up, along, cl- climb up a rung. And she picks her head up, chewing, looking around. I stop and freeze. We do this for a while. I finally get situated. Uh, luckily, I already had a bow hook screwed into the tree. So... Hung my bow up, took my little fanny pack off, got that set up, got an arrow knocked, and uh, got my release on. And at that point, the doe was like basically 25 yards away. And she puts her head down to feed. I draw back on her. And Nick was the actual. So you had decided you were going to shoot her while you were still climbing. You're like, if I can get in here, oh yeah, she's done. Yeah, and Nick had told. I always thought, man, that would be a great shot. They're head down, feeding, looking the other way, slam dunk. But actually, they can duck an arrow much easier if their head da- their heads down. It, it works as almost like a counterweight. And I've watched a lot of videos on it and the difference of shooting at a deer with its head up versus down. Now them being alert, like looking directly at you, obviously isn't ideal either. Right. But if they're just feeding in a field, you are much better off waiting for their head to be up. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, what they do is they'll put their head down, they'll get a mouthful, and then they'll pick their head up yeah. to eat and so they can look around. They don't want their head and eyes buried the entire time. Mm-hmm. So she put her head down. I drew back and waited, and she popped her head up, and it was perfect. She was actually looking the other way, and made sure my sight was level, had the string touching my nose, and just ever so slightly squeezed off the release. And my, I call them fire siren, uh, Luminox kick on their red and blue flashers. Why do you call them fire? Fire doesn't have blue. Police sirens. Mm. My bad. (laughs) Yeah, I watched that baby disappear right in the rib cage, and she kicks and spins around and runs, and... 
gets to the edge of the food plot where I can't see her anymore. And like two seconds later, I hear this big thud. I'm like, she's got to be dead right there. It definitely sounded like her going down. I'm like, all right, sweet. I climb down, go, I mean, I climb down almost immediately, go uh, find my arrow, just soaked in blood. I'm like, this is exactly what you want. This is what you want. And I look over and I can already see the start of the blood trail. I'm like, this this is going to be no big deal. I'll get back up on stand, text the guys, hey, got one leaking. And they're like, yeah, great. We'll meet you up at the farm at dark. So... That's what we did, met at dark, and went to first blood, and it, it was not a difficult track when you no, guys were was, there. There wasn't, like, a ton of blood, but it was consistent Easy enough. You could, you could literally, it was like, before, you were standing at blood, and you could always see blood in front of you. It wasn't like somebody dumped a paint can, but it was consistent blood yeah. the entire way. Um, but also, I hit higher than center, um, so obviously that chest cavity never had time to fill all the way up with blood and really yeah. start leaking out uh because she i mean she went 50 60 yards max would, not even 60 i would say 50 yeah, yeah. literally mean, barely got out of a food plot yeah just as soon as she got out of sight she she was done tipped over so it wasn't the the biggest doe i've ever shot but definitely wasn't a fawn i'd put it in that 90 to 100 pound mark just a, a nice doe. I was happy with it. First one with the uh, Matthews. So yeah. Got to break it in. It's the first one with your iron wills, your thumb release. Like You did a lot of changing up this year. Yeah, single pin. How do you like that single pin after firing away with it? Love it. Nice. Good yeah, deal. it's good stuff. Right on. So, uh, yeah, I'm a fan of the iron wills. They blew through like butter. Blew right through the deer. And, then... and you can sharpen it up and use it oh, again. Oh, yeah, it's back in the quiver. Nice. Yeah. So did you sharpen it yourself? Yeah. Nice. Good deal. Well, Tom, I appreciate you sharing your story. Uh, yeah, you did say uh, you didn't think it was going to make it to 15 minutes with that story. And we're like, hey, that's cool. You know, it's Deer Camp Series. We try to keep them short and sweet so we can stay in the woods. 15 minutes, Nikki. Yeah. Yep. We want to be in the woods as much as possible. And I'm looking at the time right now, and we're at 15 minutes and 20 seconds. So we did it. We made it. Yeah, but I mean that's not counting the intro and everything. So <laughs> your your story is probably going to be about twelve minutes. Yeah, um, but hey, it but is what it is. Congratulations! I hope this isn't the last time we have you on the Deer Camp it series this year. Uh, speaking confident, I like it. Um, yeah, and you and I are going to be on here in no time. Oh yeah, weather this weekend's not looking great, um, but as soon as that weather breaks, it's going to be good hunting. We hope you guys are out there hunting. Um, good luck to everybody out there and. Boop. I was gonna say we do this almost every episode. We might have a new guest next week on the podcast. Oh, you are getting very confident already in my guide skills. Yeah, I am. Oh, you're taking somebody out. I'm taking someone out for a doe in the morning. Oh, sweet! In line season. Oh, baby. So it's it's gonna be good. Slam dunking again. Yeah, that's all I'm gonna say. But we'll see how my guide services go. All right, fingers crossed. You guys all know what to do. Get outside.